Hello and welcome to Movie of the Year, the only podcast with the science and the screaming to determine the best movie for any given year. And here we are, our first actual movie we're looking at for 1991. And it is, of course, The Addams Family. Before we get underway, know this, this is a game show and I will be awarding points for cogent thoughts witty answers, and anytime I get a, cha- a case of the chuckles. Both my friends who are competing against each other, they are my good friends, and they are competing to be best friend. They both have three points from our Patreon show. Man, sounds like you ought to think about becoming a Patreon listener. Oh, sign up for Patreon. Get a point. Get a point. Yeah, Everyone will get will one get point. point. But and Ryan's going to get the point for thinking of saying that. It's patreon.com slash filter. Ah, oh, gotta give Mike a point for remembering to actually plug where they can go and not just tell them to do something and then kind of trail off. <laughs> but I am going to trail off. You've heard the the contestants, Ryan and Mike. Gentlemen, 1991, we were younger than we are now, just appear behind the curtain. And what was your history with the Adams family? I missed it all. I sort of did. I did want what? to say, Greg, real quick. Um, That's wild. I do like. I do think that uh, Mike is your fester to my Morticia as you Gomez through this. Okay. Season does that make sense? I could see that. Yeah, I definitely. I, I could see that. Mike and I, like the only reason that Mike got that is because of his bald head and the dark, dark circles under his eyes, and because of how often Mike says, "I'm fat, so I burp and fart," <laughs> which is classic That's fester. A classic right there. That is a classic right there. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, like this is not a movie that I cared about it all i saw the second one way more than the first one as you should have i i i was a uh, young weird kid very early on so i clung to adam's family as if it was some sort of life raft and my only <laughs> friends and Mike. i i loved everything about it but in when i think about them i'm like i watch both of them all the time i vaguely remembered the fester's not fester is fester and it's just adam's family values holds up you know what? <laughs> the bigger part of that Fester thing, or the the two things side by side, is the fact that Carol Kane is not the grandmama in this movie. That was is weird. shocking. Which means, like, this new grandmama, I guess the original grandmama, is forgettable. Yeah. Okay, so... You, I had Nelson Mandela affected uh, Carol Kane into this movie. You are both Gremlins 2-style bigger fans of the sequel than of the, the yeah. original. Oh, yeah. I, I think sequel... One, I do think it's so weird that this... The, the creators always want to rip Fester away. Like, that's their one thing they have is Fester uh-huh. should never be in. Uh, <laughs> but I think the sequel is a cleaner plot, clearer, the jokes hit harder, and every character has more to do. And it's not the director's first movie, which right. we'll get to later, but I think is so, so important. And gave a sweet, sweet, hot, sexy Joan Cusack. I was, oh, as Joan a kid, Cusack. Future who, pop filter Hall of Famer Joan Cusack. As a kid who one of my earliest like adult crushes, like it's not just another kid who I have a crush on, is like this is a curvy woman. I was flabbergasted as I went through her career to be like, she's not a sex pot in everything she's in? What yeah. do you mean she's the dowdy <laughs> secretary? I think here at the Joan Cusack role goes to uh, the woman that Cousin It winds up with, uh-huh. which, Mike, you'll remember uh, from Orange County is Gary Marshall's wife. <laughs> We're that, the same height. It, it, it became clear to me watching this movie that um, the central problem with the Adams family is you got to get rid of some of them. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Like, so, because the, the thing was when Cousin It shows up again, or thi- 
But yeah, I was like, oh yeah, this guy. Why isn't it? Why hasn't he been around? And then he talked twice, and I was like, get the fuck. Get him off the fucking stage. Where is that night of night at the Apollo hook? Yeah, him gone. Well, that's why he is a scene. Like you remember him as a kid because you're like that big furry guy. But yeah, he's never been a core family member. He's no Chewbacca. He's no Lumpy. Yeah, Chewbacca he, he definitely doesn't look exactly like Chewbacca. He looks exactly like him, but he reminds us what's so good about Chewbacca. He's, he doesn't have that. Yeah, he's got that voice instead of like the little beaker. Yeah, the weird little like the t- like when the when the uh, tourists are tiny in Mulholland Drive. Like, oh mee, no! Mee, mee, mee. Yeah, that's Great. what it is. That's why no. yeah. we're talking about non-spooky movies, not actually <laughs> spooky movies. Uh, if cousin it wore the the bullet belt like Chewbacca uh-huh. does, yeah, the bandolier, of, the bandolier full of bullets for a gun that he does not actually carry, then you would have liked cousin it. More. What if he had just a human dong just sticking out of the front <laughs> of all that, you and it was flopping around, and no one ever said anything? I don't think he wears clothes, so there probably is a furry dong underneath there. Uh, I okay, so I I've seen this movie a couple times. I thought it was pretty good. I know that the stock has risen. It, the stock keeps going up for both of these movies. I gotta say, I kind of liked it. It was refreshing to yeah. not have Tarkovsky direct this movie. Uh-huh. <laughs> I'm going into a movie of the year movie. It was cool to not, and I don't know if that's a plus for Adam's family, but uh, I laughed a lot, and Tarkovsky does not make me do that. Have we done non-Pixar kids movies on the show before? Is Die Hard a kids movie? That's no, it class- fucking isn't. That's the big classic <laughs> argument. Is it or is it not a, a kids movie? I mean, on this season, we have Beauty and the Beast, but we haven't so done that yet. We will get to it. But yeah, it was weird how just like, oh, this is for children. So I think it's unfair to hold it against. But like, do they know that kids barely like put on a movie and then run around tearing up the living room? <laughs> yeah. So it's yeah. okay that there does not need to be a plot that fucking makes sense to anybody paying attention at all. Well, you know what? This is a little bit like, um, like uh, the Holy Grail, or it's kind of almost like a skit show. Yeah, it's like very, just barely a movie with any right. like coherent plot. But, they, they, but what's, the, the the threads that they try to say this is a movie are so insane that it yeah. would be better if it was just a series well, of Adam sketches. But like you can feel, you can feel watching it that the the writers or whoever the producers, whatever you want to say, are like. This we need more than this, right? And and then uh, like that, for instance, they like so they they complicated the plot more, and then they were like, "Oh, that's too much. That's insane. That doesn't make sense. Uh, it's time to shoot. Let's just do it." Well, <laughs> maybe we will get into that in a future segment. But until then, let's go to this short break. Well, that is very very funny or very sad. And perhaps now you have something to think about. Or very problematic, and perhaps we have something to think about. But in any event, I'm sure you have some reaction to what you're listening to. So why not check us out on the social media? You can go to Instagram or Twitter and find us at Your Pop Filter. Email contacts at Your Pop Filter. Hey, everybody. Keep watching them movies. They do what they want to do. Say what they want to say live how they want to live play how they want to play dance how they want to dance and even kick and then slap a friend yes are you I'm- crying greg greg is crying right now <laughs> it's just so it's beautiful just, it's all so normal up until that part and then you're like well that's very don't slap and then kick a friend what yes I'm speaking of the Adams family. 
Based on a series of single-panel cartoons from The New Yorker, and more directly based on a couple of attempts at a TV show, The Addams Family introduces us to The Addams, family of monsters and killers, who we like because they have a profound insouciance, and also the parents are non-stop sexual dynamos who remind us that it's good to be alive, even if we're undead. Here we get the family as they vibe, murder people, and attempt to reconnect with who they think is Uncle Fester, but is actually a con man who looks like Uncle Fester, who is actually Uncle Fester. Spoilers. Gentlemen, I ask you this. Big budget genre comedy, movie based on a TV show, original song by a pop star. In many ways, The Addams Family is the perfect movie to kick off the 91 season. Does it rise above? Or has it stood the test of time compared to the dozen other movies of its ilk? Yeah, I think there's a reason there's uh, heartwarming and fond remembrance of this more than like the Beverly Hillbillies film. <laughs> oh, how are we not doing the Beverly Hillbillies this season? Uh, with Natasha Leone, I think, is the one standout in that. This is kind of like the Beverly Hills have eyes. <laughs> oh, <Over>. Greg. <laughs> <laughs> it's what I think why this one ups is who they got to act and inhabit most of the roles, like the, yeah. the big roles elevate it and, and so embody it that make bitch. You... Ernest P. Worrell played the lead in Beverly Hillbilly. So you, the fucking movie. Retru- yes. And is that Ernest from said. the car commercials? No. Yeah. No, hey, I'm going to talk about a different Ernest. Yes. It's Hayburn Ernest. This now, hey, Ernest, this is not a property like Adam's family as a property. Nobody hates it. Right. But does it seem at all odd that we get like remake after remake after remake after is it cheap? Well, uh Gary Larson had said nobody could ever make his stuff in anything else, so they <laughs> went to Charles Adams. Uh I, I think it is this and it, it's gotten like through the two thousands and say it's gotten easier like morbid and gothic stuff, but I think it was like this the one darkness you're allowed to like is the fucking monsters and the Adams family. Uh huh. And there well, I is remember- Sorry, but I remember being a kid watching Nick at Night reruns. You know uh-huh. how like you'll da- you like everybody's seen one episode of every show thanks right. to yeah. Nick at Night, and I remember liking the Munsters more because it was less weird. You know, like well, their Munsters thing was, was the yeah was the thing to go, and th- it was also more pointable monsters. Like right. that's a Frankenstein, that's a vampire. Yeah, this well, is kind of just weirdos, right? right. <laughs> yeah, these aren't monsters. These are the family who would go on to start Hot Topic and then be upset how big it got. They're very much kind of unclear about what exactly they are and, and what they're not. I think they're rich, eccentric European, like Eastern European derived families. They are not undead. They are just obsessed with death. And because there's so much incest, this is how I'm reading it. There's so much incest, which is why there's hunched backs and Siamese twins and uh, conjoined twins. I'm sorry. And there's all like, they're all weirdos. Because it's just this rich fucking freaky family, but because at this same time, everybody on TV is a husband who's like, my hot wife, she wants to fuck and I hate her. And so I think what, I I cannot speak to the 60s Adams family, but why this sticks out is, God damn, does this family love each other. And as in the 90s, all of her families were shripping apart, except for you, Greg, you weirdo. Uh, It was nice to be like, oh, there's a family who likes each other. (laughs) Greg's parents infamously not divorced, which still fucks (laughs) us up to this day. Uh, But yeah, I think there's something there in that the Adams family sort of works in this way where like we were in this era of, I don't know, is is this suburban leave it to beaver family correct? And so... Mm. Watching this movie, I didn't think of the Munsters. I thought of the Bundys. Yes. Yeah, you know? right. That's what Mike that's what Mike brought up too, so he's gonna Mike. get a point. 
I think that uh, yeah, like it's it's about being the outsider and hating each other on the inside or loving each other as long as you protect each other. If anybody comes to your door with pitchforks, and that's the kind of thing that we were getting. Mm-hmm. Do the I feel like the song is central to our understanding of the movie. Wait, the Hammer song or the da 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 dum? The MC Hammer song. The, obviously, the da 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 dum is like that's like that's classic, right? But the MC Hammer song. That like I feel like was a big deal. Were you surprised in watching it that it's only the end credits and that it, like his music is briefly featured other times? Yes, I, I think again this is the melding of the two because in the credits of the Adams Family Values, I don't remember the second song, but his head is on a platter and he is rapping while Pugsley and Wednesday like are dancing around him, and so okay. he comes back I think for for that with the different so like it it, well, it was all blended. The song for the second movie is was supposed to be Michael Jackson. Is that true? Yeah, but he got busted for or that's when the rumors started. Oh man, I, I'll call them rumors. Right, I'll call them allegations. Right, maybe now. don't have him around child actors. But then they so the second movie went and got tag team for a song called something like Whoop There It's Adams. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> then oh, and then on my blending, I've just watched this MC Hammer music video a bunch. Then yeah, that that Hammer is exclusively the first movie. Okay, yeah. So it's all blended. Thank you for the hi- history lesson. And uh, within the movie, not within the movie, a- attached to the movie is his song. And then within the movie, there's like three little blurbs of like his music that doesn't really well, stick. Cousin, it rolls up, listening to hot ass Hammer. To yeah. Too car. legit, right? Yeah. And it cousin it is inarguably too legit to quit like yeah. there That's is no way that you could get him to quit <laughs> they they ask him not to be in the movie they're like would you please quit and he no. was like i can't well i like me, is, me, 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 he was supposed to be a background character like lumpy and dumpy but he had a whole little side plot of stealing a married woman because that's what a sex pot cousin it is i looking at 91 this is our first this is our entrance into 91 right this is a fun movie yeah, uh, it's enjoyable. Do we have any pause that like ninety one maybe isn't going to bring the filmic quality that like not that it's going to hurt the season, but just like like coming off of seventy five, this movie has a profoundly different feeling than those movies, right? I just well, yeah, okay, so <laughs> like Dog Day, for instance, Ryan, this is very different than Dog Day, wouldn't you say? After seventy five, after Dog Day, the second best movie of nineteen seventy five, uh, this is different but i think that this we're still in the ripple of ghostbusters of Mm. high budget genre movies will get all audiences you know like we're going for four quadrants here the classic four quadrants four quadrants four quadrants quadrants quadrants. quadrants. coming to the theater and i think that it worked and like it did like this did big box office and it's still remembered that's the thing that I want to explore yeah. because, that, like Mike said with Beverly Hillbillies, there are every single show. There is straight up a My Mother, The Car, or Car 54, Where Are You movie. You know, oh, like yeah. every single show got a movie at this time. This one held up. There's a Dragnet movie, Ryan. Uh, there's a, a Dragnet, Dragnet movie, movie with a better rap song <laughs> than Adam's Family. Watch You're yourself, bringing counselor. It. You're bringing it. To have the moxie to say something like that, you got to appreciate Is it. Is MC Hammer the rapper that Dan Aykroyd and Tom Hanks were in 1987? I don't know. <laughs> Frankly, I don't want to know. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if ultimately that is knowable. Is there any other 90s artist that could have done the song or the music. I think Sinead O'Connor would have rocked the shit out of this movie if she hadn't torn but up. Even the Adams aren't into. No, you know that. That's why she, she she's one of the Adamses. They would definitely rip up a picture she, of the Pope. Well, she tore up that picture of Dracula. 
Oh, and they so, were not into yeah, that. They got very upset. Do you upset. mean the Pope of the Dark World? Yeah, yeah. Dude, they're like, wait a minute, hang the on. Dark my dad's Pope? A dr- my dad's a Dracula. You can't do that. <laughs> oh, man. I hope the fourth season of the new Pope is the Dark Pope. And it's, it's just Dracula Pope. walking Dracula. around his castle. Dude, being, I'm so least, honored to be a Pope. I want at least once some kid to say, my dad's a Dracula. <laughs> I want I want to explore the Dark Pope cinematic universe. <laughs> Dude, Dark Pope, that sounds lit. I like that idea. When we come back, <laughs> we are going to construct a Rushmore. Mount Rushmore. Rushmore. What is it exactly? We don't have time to go into it, but we are going to construct... Listen to any of our other shows. Yeah, we talk about what it is all the time. Let me get... No, science still doesn't know, I Let say. me give you a hint. There was a big earthquake, and it burst from the earth just looking like that, and no one knows why, okay? And we're not going to look into it, and we're not going to think about it. Sometimes four fully formed heads pop out of a mountain for no reason. It happened! Just get over it. It's like when you fall asleep and your hand dangles off the bed and then your dog licks your hand and then you realize you don't have a dog. Just don't look into it. Sometimes the world's scary. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes you wake up and your wife's not there and you don't see her for a few years. Get over it, okay? These things happen. Speaking of spouses, we are going to construct our own Rushmore of absolutely horned up spouses. Now... If you grew up in the time that we grew up, generally, the one thing you were promised was that if you were, when we were kids, it was understood in TV and movies. If you were single, you were having hot, fun sex all the time and really enjoying it. Like every time you went to the bar. Yeah. It would end in super charismatic, lovely, gentle, romantic, hardcore, fucked up sex. That's what it was like before phones. Seinfeld literally had a different girlfriend every single week. It's like a who's who. Yeah. Of the hottest actresses of all time of that era. Now, on the show, they weren't just teenagers. In real life, he actually dipped <laughs> a little bit into that pond. Um, but so, and then the uh, on the other side of it, it was like if you were married, then like that, the marriage bed is where all sexual excitement went to die. Adam's family mm-hmm. dares to say, wait a minute, marriage bed is where things go to die. That actually sounds kind of hot. All right. So we th- are going to look at other horny spouses in the canon. I got to say, Greg, this is the hardest Rushmore I ever. You know, when you uh, you task me to do a Rushmore, I, I go do. and sit on a hill and I stare at the sky mm-hmm. and I don't go online and I try and figure out what's up. Yeah, this is the hardest one ever because you realize yes. every movie has ever been about. Let's get them together and then end the movie. Oh yeah, for sure, dude. Every Jane Austen book is like the whole the whole book is these two people about to smooch, and then the last three pages is like they smooched and they got married and then their lives continued. Like it's it's so weird that pop culture has decided that stranger first time sex is what is great yeah. and not oh. getting to know what turns the partner and on. All, yeah, also like we know what to do and we know the right foods to put on your nipples. Uh huh. <laughs> And in your belly, honestly, the older you get. That really matters. So we want to say shout out to the married people who know how to get down. I, I will say, try to sit on the hill, then did research. Don't don't look up TV's horniest couples on your work computer no, because now that. you have a weird... It it's, does not give you a list of what you want. So, Mike, why don't you go first and you can spray to as many fields as you would like and then I will let you know whether or not that's the right thing to do. I I will do that i think uh coach taylor and coach's wife tammy 
Hey y'all from Friday Night Lights. Uh, let me real quick. Uh, let me say all that they ever want to do is drink wine and fuck, and their stupid kid <laughs> and their stupid non kids football players are always showing on interrupting every time they're trying to get it. This down. is actually not that hard to do if we're doing TV. I, sorry, I should have said that. If we're doing movies, this is difficult, but not if we're doing television. I disagree on all counts. Well, this is so. This is the couple from Friday Night Lights. Yes, and they always want to do it, but then the Friday Night Lights won't let them. Having done a recent rewatch, the Friday Night Lights always turn on right before they bang. And they were like and right in the middle of the field. Right in the middle of the field. This is where you're going to bang if you're the I'm going to put that on my hardcore maybe list because I just want to see what else is out there. I just want to play the field a little bit myself. So TV's Friday Night Lights. Yes. So Ryan, do you want to give one of yours or do you want to just ki- keep complaining about what's going on? I am going to say <laughs> that once they got together, Shrek and Fiona had non-stop <laughs> humpy eyes for each other. Uh, and humpy eyes, I know that you think that, oh, that's rude. The, their eyes were born with humps. But no, I'm talking about <laughs> how they wanted to have sex with each other and talked about it all the time. They were a committed couple. And I'm talking after the first movie, right? Yeah. So Shrek 2, Shrek the third. This is when they're both ogres. Th- when they're both ogres, yeah. Shrek the fourth. Um that uh, Shrek and Fiona had this magical humpy chemistry that we're talking about with Adam's family. <laughs> okay, I like it. I'm gonna put it on. I'm also putting that on the maybe pile because I feel like you're reading into that a little bit just based on the fact they're both monsters, and that that's I'm afraid to go down that road. Mike, what else have you? Monsters are horny. What, have, what else? Monsters are what horny. What else have you got, Mike? Uh, I have that uh, Jim and Michelle. So much of their entire, we have so many movies with these two uh, American canon folks. Uh, this is Jason Biggs and then Allison Hannigan from American Pie. But once they are married, they do not stop shoving trumpets and flutes and other musical instruments in each other's stuff. They are always trying to sneak away from your reunions and your weddings and your 10-year get-togethers you know to go fuck more. I like this one. It's a movie, so nobody can get <laughs> upset about it. Uh, classically one of our most important movie franchises and also one of our horniest and they allowed us to extend that into into marriage as well and i think that's really important yes ryan what do you have i am going to select from a movie that uh we haven't done this year yet so we haven't underrated it but i do think that the world at large does it's called the Birdcage. okay and it's a bunch of antics it's a bunch of like cons and like, oh my God, there's so much sitcom shit to do. But in the meantime, a lot of farce, right? A lot, so much farce. <laughs> yeah. Like, I would say a Fraser level of farce. Yeah, for sure, dude. But in the meantime, I think that Albert and Armand, Robin Williams and Nathan Lane, uh, find moments to be this super horny uh, married couple. Yeah, you know what? I like it. There is that, there's that energy there. It's a movie. Uh, and yeah, like they're, they're, they're serving good spousal horniness throughout that movie like the bible says like the bible says that you're supposed to do the only type of horniness there should be and you know also it's like it's the horniness isn't contained just within them they're kind of horny for other people that are around hank azaria is a little bit horned after oh man Hank Azaria. (laughs) (laughs) all right so that is also on the mountain ryan was that you yeah, <laughs> yeah right. I'm paying attention. I'm following what's going on here. Mike, let's go back to you. Let's give me another candidate for this mountain. These, This couple doesn't seem like they are so strict 
and uh, straight laced. And in the seventies, nobody wanted to fuck at all if you were in suburban Wisconsin. But the Foremans, Red and Kitty. Also, when these goddamn hippie ass kids are in the basement, all they do is yeah, bang. That's, Red and Kitty are constantly grabbing each other's hands to rail it out. That is very true. They are definitely super horny for each other. My only question is like, is that iconic, or is is that seventy show an iconic? Is it on Nick and Knight currently? I couldn't say. Man, you, is there is that still like a thing? And then is it just this? Sh- I think so. When I realized Fresh Prince of Bel Air was on Nick and oh, Knight, I was like, I'm too old to live. That is so rough. <laughs> Okay, well, I'm going to put Kitty and Red very high up on my maybe list because that's definitely a couple that is, that is horned for each other. But it's the iconic thing that's got me worried. Ryan, how about you? Understandable. Uh, I would say, again, this is like the Shrek thing of after the first one, throughout all the sequels, uh, even though they were both, I think, kind of dumb and not super good looking, all Rocky is that even all about? Rocky and Adrian wanted to do was fuck. And every single time they got a second away from their crazy ass lives of being a, a superstar boxer and a boxer's wife, that all they wanted <laughs> to do was rail. Yeah. I think that's all that exists for them. Yeah. I, you know? like their conversations, their date yeah. nights, not that not right. that it's intellectual. his job to get pummeled into submission. And then when he's done, he just screams out her name and yeah. a guttural voice and she runs up. Yeah, that's going right on the mountain. They definitely uh horny for each other and that's like that's it that's the only thing they got that's keeping them together all right mike i'm gonna give you each one more chance and then i'm gonna go to the maybe pile and fish 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 one out of the grease there i think that i'm gonna try to do make ryan happy and do another movie nice good idea that uh I, at this point, you have to forget what's happened in real life and that they do not want to talk to each other ever and that, that maybe there's been litigious stuff. But Doug Lyman directed the sexiest, most violent couple in Mr. and Mrs. Smith. <laughs> Brad Pitt and Angelina Jolie are trying to bang it out and kill each other throughout that whole film. Yeah, and honestly, to me, it does not dimin- it's not diminished by the fact that they now probably... <laughs> hate each other and never each never other. want to be each other because i think that that was really that was informing some of the passion yeah that's the murder stuff. i do like that okay so mr and mrs smith from that movie ryan how about you uh okay so i've got a couple here i'm trying to decide one i think is not as iconic so i'm gonna go with this other one that i don't think counts uh and that is clarence in alabama got married real quick and so it's not like the, the sort of like romantic like the the hardcore marriage that we're talking about but clarence and alabama once they get married at the beginning of true romance they fuck constantly they're kids they're kids yeah. on the lamb yeah you know it's not like but the lamb's sexy the lamb is oh god the lamb is sexy. <laughs> man i'm it's late at night and you want to be on the lamb you should get all Just that put lamb. mint jelly all over that lamb <laughs> yeah and everything they do, like everything they do, becomes sex. Right. Yeah. But it's just that, they, like, what we're talking about. If Gomez and Morticia are our guiding lights, yeah. then uh, it's not about the whole like I still find you sexy after all these years. For them, it's like I feel I, I still find you sexy after the last couple of days of bank robberies or yeah. whatever the fuck they do. But uh, <laughs> they did technically get married in the beginning of the movie, and so that's why I'm saying them. Imagine Gomez and Morticia on the lamb. <laughs> Having just gotten married. They would never stop fucking. Oh, my God. They <laughs> don't need the lamb. Yeah. But now you've added the lamb. Well, Ryan, right. I'm going to make that the last selection because you know what? We are celebrating the entire 
like catalog of marriage that fire in the beginning all the way to the fire right at the end all the way to where you're still horny for each other even though maybe you're both you maybe you're both dead or something i'm not sure exactly what's going on there so ryan let's look at that rushmore your rushmore of horniest but like sex positive right we're all we're all down of course yes but these spouses are as follows jim and michelle from american pie Albert and Armand from The Birdcage, Rocky and Adrian from Rocky, and Clarence in Alabama from True Romance. Well, very nice. A lot of horny couples. I'm sure there's going to be little tiny mountains here pretty soon. All right. When we come back, we turn to talking about tone. Hey, guys. Thank you so much for listening so far. And let me just tell you that everything ahead of this commercial is much better than what came before it. That's my guarantee. While I have you here, let me tell you about a website. It's called yourpopfilter.com. And it's everything you need that's related to Pop Filter. Everything Mike, everything Ryan, everything Greg, everything Cassie, everything is there at yourpopfilter.com. While you're there, go to yourpopfilter.com slash Amazon. Make that your new Amazon bookmark and do your shopping from there. That way we get a little piece of the action and Amazon doesn't. Make sure you're also listening to everything that Pop Filter has to offer, which includes the Superhero Show Show, a podcast that covers every single TV show that's based on a comic book or comic book property, and Movie of the Year, where we sit down and try and figure out what is the single greatest movie of any given year. That's Superhero Show Show, that's Movie of the Year, and that's yourpopfilter.com. Rate, subscribe, review. Bye. Gentlemen, does the Adams family have tonal issues, particularly with its varied senses of humor, or do all the ingredients create the perfect stew? I think there's a well-blended stew here. It's do you are you a adult and you're loving how badly Gomez and Morticia want to rail instead of deal with any of their problems? Are you a kid and you're loving thing just showing up on people's shoulders and having them freak out. <laughs> is there a thing in every room, by the way? I really or, feel like that thing showed up way too much. Like that hand can only run so fast. I don't. Did you see the FedEx commercial in the middle of the movie? Yes, it I can run very fast. <laughs> what I expected going in was that this was going to be filled with double entendres. What I actually found uh, more than that was Bizarro speak. Yes. You know, and yeah. like, oh, yeah, yeah. This is bad. Wow. That means it's good. Yeah. <laughs> and that gets aggravating. Uh, the last time we saw this was Sabrina, I think, the Netflix uh-huh. show, where it was like, I swear to heaven that I'm going to kick your ass. Yeah. Like, yeah. that, that the, will, like, just reverse the word. When that pissed me off the most in Sabrina was there was a trial and the judge said chaos in the court. And I was like, yeah, that's what they are doing. Yeah. So <laughs> they should be making you happy, asshole. <laughs> that's that's the hard part about writing Bizarro is what are you actually saying? It yeah, yeah. What do you want here? But yeah, th- there's so much of a I slept poor last night. Oh, good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, <laughs> now, is it does it behoove the movie to make this all hang together? Because I feel like the movie that I was thinking of when watching a lot of this was Rocky Horror Picture Show, which just uh-huh. came out for our Patreon episode from 75, right? And I felt like the tonal inconsistencies, especially where they intersected with like jokes about consent, uh-huh. that we found Rocky Horror wanting because it lacked a consistent tone. But is it necessary when you are doing these stories about like gothic monsters is that are also comedies is it necessary to have a consistent tone i mean i think that there are movies that do this better that Mm. have this tone better and 
But I, th- I do think that like so much of this conversation happens in the first 10 minutes where we are seeing we're seeing a movie that is, you know, classic live action Looney Tunes to the point where nobody moves a muscle unless yeah. it comes with that. <laughs> you know, like there is in the first 10 minutes, we have literally every type of comedy that has ever existed. Yes. And then it slows down to the point where I can watch the movie. But that first 10 minutes is it's it's like they're they're it's sweating. impressive. They're so nervous that they need you to get on board quickly yeah. that they they shotgun over and over again. And I think I think the opening scene uh, lets you know what you're gonna get. Like, I bet there are so many people who saw this in '91 who went around caroling who never knew how annoying it was. And this movie <laughs> lets you know that they are the villain, and that that's they poured boiling oil on these carolers. Okay, death is funny. Let's move on. Like, and we never like one of the great things about this movie is that uh, that was not. That was not like a, a candy from a, you know, like a, I don't know, a children's bag of candy. That was not, that was boiling hot wax yeah. or oil that they dropped on those people. Uh, Pugsley gets electrocuted in a chair. We we never touch on that shit, uh-huh. right? Like, we yeah. never go back to that. It's just like... He also wh- causes a fairly large car accident. Oh, yeah. Oh, you yeah. can hear it's in like, the back uh, uh, the stop uh, sign. Uh, uh. And... A great late, and I don't know how many good callbacks there are on this movie, but when we finally see Pugsley rooms, Pug, Pugsley's room, it is filled with stop signs. So this is like, <laughs> oh, it's Monday at two. I got to go do my thing. <laughs> they just keep putting them back and he goes and grabs them. But, you know, so like, because it's, there's the temptation to be like, they're monsters, but really they're just like you and me. But the Adams family is not just like you and me. They're not just mm-hmm. monsters in the fact that like they are misunderstood Frankenstein's that have to be outside of society. Like they torment their neighbors, they kill people that come to their house, they cause accidents, they cause but, ruin. But the, the 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 ultimate reason besides the sound effects that I would say that this is a live action cartoon is that there's no ramifications from one scene right. to the next. Yeah, you know, there's no. It's not like there's a lawyer that comes up and says, hey, you did murder 30 carolers. And I understand carolers are the enemy. But all we're left with is like what Mike said, carolers are the enemy. And so we can laugh at the fact that they are fucking annoying. And it's not like it's finally okay to be the person who says that shit that you do. Where you all feel good about how you walk from house to house singing songs and forcing people to stand at their door and watch you that entire time. That's awful. Now, we can just laugh at that and not think about the ramifications around that. That's how it's a live action cartoon. Which is interesting that two of the bigger non-Adams characters are a lawyer played by uh, Dan Hedaya. And then their neighbor is the judge. I'm pretty sure a town judge could get you arrested if for constantly breaking all of his windows with golf balls. Well, and the first thing Gomez is like, sorry, judge. Uh, that that solves all problems. Damn you, Ratters. Yeah, well, they, they have some sort of weird hold on the town, right? But They're, being able to torture money. a neighbor and like the neighbor just being mad like this, waving yeah. the fist, is classic one-panel comics. Oh, yeah. Like, that's all one-panel comic uh, energy right. is, ah, you drove on my roses again. It, I think the tonal shifts often come from not just the different kinds of jokes, but it, it does feel like... So you have the, the gothic of the Adams TV show and cartoons, but then there's add a dash of Goonies with like money and lost treasure, add another dash of My Cousin Vinny, because that was recently big, because there's lawyer stuff, and they're just like, let's stir it up. And so sometimes it really works, and sometimes it is that convoluted, what the fuck is going on right now? Well, yeah, because sometimes they're like, you know, the real monsters are people like this, con men. And then it's like, well... 
but we just saw the people that you're saying are not monsters burn a bunch of people with oil. Yeah. <laughs> like those are that they're the real monsters, right? People that will assault other people with hot pitch. But that's Yeah, because so non fake Fester before we learn he's real Fester and Fester's <laughs> m- mom uh also the way they talk it's clear they murder a bunch of people but they're bad because they're against the Adamses. you don't steal people and force them from their homes is i guess what the, the tote i don't <laughs> well another thing that you might you might want to learn from 80s movies and as we talked about in the 91 intro this is the 80s uh is yeah, go dude. against the main characters like why yes. would you ever go against the main characters of movies? Uh, yeah they, why would their you name be... is the movie guys. yeah <laughs> you're in the adams family movie and you're gonna go at the adams family in the house of the adams family and so what that means is that we're just in a classic snobs versus slob situation uh like this is essentially caddyshack of of course they're awful but the normal is more awful than any non-normal could ever be I think that the funniest the normal is awful is when they go to see the kids play and that their faces are my face every time I've had to see a friend's kid or a niece and nephew performing a play. It's like, this is disgusting. Yeah. This is awful. But, and then that's, fuck all the rest of the crowd. The Pugsley and Wednesday duel with fake blood is the best piece of elementary school art that has ever happened. But we all have nephews and nieces, right? All three of us? Oh, yeah. Uh Uh-huh. Hardcore. Watching their quote-unquote art Watching their performances is more torturous yes. than anything oh my Wednesday gosh, put yeah. Pugsley through. <laughs> yes, for sure. That's their faces when they go through Lurch and Grandmama and Morticia and Gomez, <laughs> and they're just like, Fuck. And maybe if you have your own kids, it's better. But if you are as, like, just uncle and or aunt, it's awful. It's the worst, like... And then imagine that if you're not even related to them. It's just the worst thing that's ever happened. The way this intersects with what we were talking about earlier is I think how convoluted the fester is pretending mm-hmm. to be the lost brother is the lost brother thing. I think that's also very hard, like harkening back to these gothic blood and thunder stories in the same uh-huh. way. You know, they're convoluted and plot twist right at the end. The way it's like seven months later, it's like when I got my memory back from being hit by that lightning, I remember yeah. that I'm really the real uncle fester. I felt like that was a good gag, but like, that it, is very much like how the source material would right. handle that. It's like, I want all the drama of it, of this plot twist, but then also he gets hit in the head with a pan at the end. And then he remembers. <laughs> and then it's totally, yeah. It but also like, does I, make it make more sense why they can actually believe that it's him. Like right. that. He looks so much like him. It's like, well, no, it doesn't. Oh, yeah. It's not that it, he looks so it, much like him. It's well, that's, did you guys in in your research? Did you find the story that originally he was supposed to be an imposter, and they were they were just going to be like cool, and the actors hated so much they like send Christina, send to Barry Christina, wow, because he'll Only listen. He can't scream Christina. at a ten year old, and then she was like Barry. It doesn't make emotional sense. Dude, Audiences it, would be like, but where's real Fester? They just don't care about real Fester now. Barry, it's it's down to the stakes, Barry. Like in your head, <laughs> is she not Christina? Is she Wednesday? Is she just like look? Oh, yeah, deadpan. If you want this movie to make a killing, you're going to have to make a series of painful cuts, Barry. Otherwise, (laughs) I will fucking kill you. (laughs) When we come back, it's time to go on a bit of a shopping spree. Hey, Daddy, I want a golden goose. Here we go again. Here we go again. All right. Daddy will get you a golden goose as soon as we get home. Well, man, I'm going to have to get me some new suits. Well, if your turn comes up and you can try to get some of those new suits, maybe you will. You know, Adam's Family is nothing if not a movie full of delicious products that you can just run around and grab and fill up your greedy little bag with. 
And so that's what we are going to do. We are going to tear ass through this movie. I swear to God, every time we do shopping spree, it's like for Tarkovsky's The Mirror. And I'm like, yeah. cool, cool. Uh, that's bullshit. This I'll is take a, the grief, I guess. This, <laughs> this is a shopping spree movie. I want my mom to also be the lady I marry. Um, but in this, you could stop basically any like scene in the movie. You could stop and then like pick three things that you'd want. And I hope that's what we're going to do right now. Ryan, what's the first thing you want to grab, Dree to get? I don't know if this is too big, but I do want... And I watched both Adam Stanley and Casper this week. And they both have right. an underground vault where... You pull a book out, and then yeah. the bookcase spins around, and then it turns into a slide, and there's like a literal amusement park underneath your mm-hmm. house. Where in Adam's family, it's like a Pirates of the Caribbean, where like you have to, but there's like a gondola that you leave, and then you sail down the river to the vault. Uh huh. That's I want the vault, and then you kind of say, okay, so you want that, you want that water. You want the vault where they, they like under everything. Yeah. Okay. You can have that. I don't even care about the jewels. You guys can have the jewels. Yeah. I want the vault. But you want the 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 whole watery area with the gondola that you like go through to get to the secret area. You pull the book. You go down the slide. Wait. You want the whole no? Because these are separate That's, things, right? You're these saying are like so many things. things. Yeah. You're talking about like five different parts of the uh, house all together. There's parts where Mike is like, oh, I want all of the houses in the movie. You can have one part of the house. We're gonna have to split up the house. Okay. The house one is very good. One part of the good. vault. You can have the vault, or you can have that. The vault that- is like where they're hanging out below ground. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So fine. I want the bottom part where. Fester spins, and then he sees all the gold. And then there's also a uh, projector uh-huh. that shows all of our memories. I want the very <laughs> yeah, bottom the part memory. Of that. That's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> okay, very good. That you can have. Up so next, I'm gonna say bottom vault. Bottom vault. Up next is me, and the reason I took issue with your grabbing so much stuff, Ryan, is I want that slide. Damn it! <laughs> I'm gonna <laughs> take that cool slide. Where the whole time you're going down it, you're like, am I going to die? Is there going to be like spikes or the very Goonies style mm-hmm. slide? Uh, clearly, it is one, it's a slide with one turn in it. And they just kept sending them down and then filming it over and over and over <laughs> again to make it seem very long. It does. It's amazing to watch. Like, what kind of person are you? Are you a Gomez who has the most fun down the slide? Or are you a Fester who screams the entire time? Say... For argument's sake, say Gomez broke his arm uh-huh. on the slide. Does he like that? Is it? Is he I glad so, yeah. that his arm is broken? He probably comes a little. <laughs> and Morticia's like, I'm so glad you broke your arm, but I didn't break your arm, and I wish I broke your arm in sex. I, I, don't, know, I don't know what they think arm. about anything. Yeah, it's, it's very confusing when you get into Bizarro. <laughs> Gomez, now, Greg, I was going to break you off a piece. Does your slide, because there's the, like the a dozen rings, do you have the... Are we in a strictly vault shopping spree right now? <laughs> yeah, we are have, un- under the house now. Do you have the the erroneous ones when you pull the wrong one? It, it'll shoot you through Pugsley's fish tank and you get shot through the Pugsley or Wednesday trap doors. Why did they say Pugsley and Wednesday? They, they have their own little special trap doors in their rooms. Yeah, that's how it works. Uh, yeah, my I have the whole deal, right? You got it. Okay. You got to take the, the whole, bad with the, the hamster, good. the hamster we uh, maze of slides. Yeah. I do like the idea of just like someone sitting in a room and I just go through in a tube. <laughs> <You know? laughs> Hi, I'm Greg. <laughs> I guess Greg's got errands to run. <laughs> oh, Greg's in the tube again. Great. All right, Mike. I feel bad for you because you get to go now. You have two yeah. picks here, but but you've lost a couple biggies already. I have. Uh, I'll start with. Uh, I guess we can call this top vault. 
is <laughs> the 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 bookcase that'll spin around, but also yeah. if you pick the wrong book, whatever its title is will come real. Is this two things or one thing? Mike, that's clearly two things. All right. Li- then I want magic them. books. I want magic <laughs> books. Okay, so like that Hurricane Irene, which unfortunately was a devastating real hurricane, um after this came out. Uh like the book where you open it up and, <laughs> yeah. and wind. I love movie should be canceled. I love that Gone with the Wind, what comes out isn't like a bunch of lost cause fuckers. It is just <laughs> there's some wind. The sun also rises, the sun comes out. So like whatever also- the most obvious pun. The thing is, too, like, I was fascinated with this bookcase when I was a kid. Like, I just wanted them to like open more books. Yes, because these books don't understand literature. Yeah. They There's your take, fucking I, movie. They take titles literally. I want to see that. And the things they did was just wind-related shit. Oh, what's another wind-related book that I could open? Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. Well, there was multiple ones that were just wind. They open Old Man of the Sea, and they're like, "Well, the sea is windy, so we're probably gonna be able to." Oh, <laughs> good point. Good point. All right, so Mike, yours is the the magic books. Magic books. Yeah, Mike. That's always going to get it for me. So you you win round one, Mike. What is your first pick of round two? Look, this is uh, I know maybe won't get me a point. This is just I got to be true to who Mike is and who Mike's been his whole life. I want a couch in the middle of a cemetery in my backyard. That is <laughs> that is too on brand for me to not try to steal that. One backyard couches rule. Uh, you can if you drop your cigarette. Backyard couches stink. I know. <laughs> and they rule and in the middle of cemetery oh man young mike loved hanging out in cemeteries guys let me tell you i'm gonna give you cemetery couch even though i feel very much like that's two separate things <laughs> <laughs> can't you great can't you picture those young mike being like oh this backyard has a couch oh i'm partying oh, here. <laughs> i'm hey, not gonna dude. move at all now does this raccoon live in here cool <laughs> this couch comes with a pet i love it uh so for my next one, the scene that really spoke to me was when Wednesday is going to electrocute her brother, <laughs> uh, and she's just got this vast array of great-looking toggle switches. Oh, yeah. And I realized <laughs> how, how many toggle in Toto, Greg? Yeah, right? Very very mystery men. Uh, but like a wall of toggle switches is so gothic in its own <laughs> way, you know, very Frankenstein. So I want to go with uh, some some nice big toggle switches. Toggles. I'm you not even sure if I'm gonna easily. Yeah, right. I can I can just hook that up. Sometimes the things we want are like a, a, a three hundred thousand dollar car. Sometimes we just want a big switch that we could get and put on our wall. And it's so good for drama because she has to do them slowly one by one. Yeah. She can't skip to the last one though. Because the last one won't work unless you did all of the other ones slowly yeah. in order. And sometimes you gotta like pump them, you're like up and then yeah. down. No, there's a couple times where like Christina Ricci is not strong enough and yeah. she struggles <laughs> to bring it down. What I have to say, full disclosure though, obviously this is totally bullshit because I have um I have a circuit breaker at home that I never play with. Oh yeah, that's so. true. <laughs> if you're not playing with your own fuse box, buddy, then you don't need to go out and buy toggle switches. We have a fuse box <laughs> at home. All right, Ryan, what do you want to end this second round? Uh, based on the world of the movie, we only know what the movie tells us. Yeah. And based on the world of the movie, Cousin It pulls up in a car. <laughs> Again, based on the world of the movie, that only plays MC Hammer songs. Yeah. And so what I would like is a tiny car fit perfectly to me that plays MC Hammer. But when I lift up my uh, future door, what do they call it? Like the wing door? Uh-huh. Oh, yeah, the, the, the goal wing door. Uh, the MC Hammer knows to turn down yeah. and yeah. not play music that loud anymore. Because uh, you got to say hello to people. Also, this isn't a normal car. This is like a three-wheeler car. <laughs> like, Yeah. The only button on the radio is restart, and it's to restart <laughs> that same exact MC Hammer song. <laughs>
Well, a tiny little car that just plays MC Hammer. Ryan. Ryan, you are the winner of that second round. Moving on to our last and final round. Ryan, what is your pick? I have to say, Greg, a train with a human in it. <laughs> what the fuck is that shit? <laughs> and it like I don't know if it's a pet. I don't know if uh, like I have to take care of him. But I do know that when and I'm gonna go to yeah. My... They have like okay, so they have a model train set, mm-hmm. and then inside that train is a little man, a full uh, like a guy in a business suit going off to business, reading yeah, reading the well, newspaper right in his business. head. He is just a normal human being, and then a giant is suddenly looking out the window. He doesn't think it's not like the wall in the. He thinks that, his life Hulusha? is real life. Yes. Oh, uh, solar opposite. Solar opposites. It's not yeah. that situation. It is because there's a few things that are just straight up Charles Adams panels, and this is one of them where right. it's uh, a giant conductor dude looking in the train it is one of the weirdest and the house is shaking because the whole time you're like oh there's a real train out there it's fucking insane because the kids are frightened yeah the kids are like trying to hug their mom saying oh my god (laughs) daddy is about to get abused because it's some sort of weird portal like that guy i don't think he lives there i think he got sucked into it because when this dude plays with his trains like people get sucked into it to be like part of the scenery I would like a train with a demon. <laughs> All right, dude. The, the soul-sucking train. That's good. Might be hard to beat that one, Mike. Honestly, that might be hard to beat it. Once once you have a train that also has a human soul in it. But I will try <laughs> to beat it. And what I would like, I want a house with a foyer. Oh, wow. <laughs> the Adams family, they've got a big foyer or foyer if you're nasty. And I think that it would be Wait, hold fun. on. Greg, for people who don't understand, this is not their porch. Is this the side thing where they hit golf balls off of? No, this is like when you walk in. It's like their entryway. Oh. So when you walk well, in, the staircase spills out onto Double it. staircase, right? Yeah. Gomez Witch. comes down one stairs, goes up the other. Like classic Gone with the Wind mansion style. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it's like this is how big this house is. They have a room just for like entering into the house. When you come into my house, you are either standing already in the kitchen or in the living room. Or you're sitting in my toilet. Yeah, like you are up, <laughs> you're up in the business the second you come up into in my house. Up in the guts. But, but like you can if you have a foyer, you can make somebody wait. Just like yeah. uh, ten minutes, there's some magazines. Why don't you hold on until we're ready it, to accommodate you? It comes from a time where to go to someone's house, you would have to show their like butler a little card with your name yeah. on it. And then the the person at the house could not be at home for you. And that's what I would do to fucking everybody <laughs> if I had this awesome foyer. Like you could serve them an aperitif? Yeah, dude. All day. All day. A tiny little glass of green liquid that or liquor that tastes hate, like that fucking t- black Yeah, it tastes like shit. Yeah. <laughs> So foyer for Greg, Mike. What is your last pick? Uh, it's uh, it's another part of the house, and again, uh, I'll follow my distinguished competition. We'll, we'll never own homes, and that's why, like, we're, <laughs> <laughs> we're millennials. We're not going to own yeah. homes. Uh, given the rules of the film, what we've seen, <laughs> I want a ballroom that looks like it is definitely not ready for a party. But the minute you rip a sheet off of one of the lamps or pieces of furniture, the party's in full swing, and you're in great party gear. I love the that one of the aspects of being a monster is that you can just do magical things uh-huh. or they're really good at stuff. I don't know why that's part of it, but like they are just expertly skilled at things. There's a part right before that sheet comes up where uh, Angelica Houston, the actress, looks at the camera and she's like, uh, I don't know. And then rips off the sheet <laughs> and then they're in a different room. <laughs> Like I don't, I don't know what's happening. Now they're waltzing amongst folks. I I think they're really good. At this stuff. is and a this... meta movie pick. Like Mike is yeah. picking the magic of movies. Yeah. With this <laughs> I, I think they they might be good at stuff because this hints at are they undead? Because when he says the Adams party with Nero, 
did they or did they just mean our family line? Yeah. I think it's the they're good at stuff because they are ageless, so they've had time to learn everything. I think it comes from the source material, right? Which is primarily Dracula Vampire. and he and they like like in Dracula they talk about like his like his ancestors, but it's clearly supposed to be him. Yeah. And he's just naturally very graceful and good at everything. So I think you're right. It just sort of comes from that. How are we supposed to think that Fester was still an imposter when he knew all parts of the The Mamushka? And then was able to swallow those swords. I don't know. You know, I think for a lot of this movie, they're like, don't think about it. I don't give a shit. (laughs) It's a vibe. Just let it vibe. (laughs) Do you see how transcendently beautiful Angelica Houston is? Think about that for a little bit, right? Always be thinking about that. So, Ryan, your pick was a man uh, in a... In a train. Yeah. And (laughs) any train that has the That feels derogatory. A man man in a train is not really what he said. (laughs) But he looked at the window and he's like, oh, what is that? (laughs) Like... He's living his life. Ah, I see. I seem to have had a huge psychotic break. Do you guys know the name of that actor, by the way? No. Is it Barry? Is it Hugh Weeman? It's Barry Sonnenfeld. Oh, of course. Of course. Of course. That's him. Well done, Ryan. Well, that's the end of Shopping Spree. I think I call a lot of bits my favorite bit, but this is definitely it. If only to think about like what would it be like to have a big house or a a train. Or a a normal-sized house. And also... (laughs) Also, going first and picking a big thing, and both of you being like, absolutely not. No. I want part. <laughs> we need to have part of that ourselves. <laughs> when we come back, it's one final question about this movie. Gentlemen, the next question is the director question. How does Barry Sonnenfeld do as a fledgling director? Does he bring something more than couldn't get Burton or I worked with the Coen brothers to the table? I would uh, if you thought if you spent your whole life thinking that this was directed by Tim Burton. I'm not mad at you. You're yeah. foolish though, because it says right up top that it's not. I know, That's but true. much like everybody thinks that Nightmare Before Christmas was directed by Tim Burton, even though it was directed by Henry Selick, and it says Tim Burton's The Nightmare Before Christmas. Dude, that that seems w- weird. This at least wrong. doesn't say Tim Burton's The Adams Family. That would be Burton only this year. He's Tim Burton's Wednesday on Netflix. Wait, which is just. It's just going to be about Wednesday? No, I, she's just the obvious main character this time. Oh, I see. But yeah, but I he, think there's a lot of stuff that I thought... I, I think that he paid attention a lot to... I have to give... I can't just make the Beverly Hillbillies, right? I have right. to give this style. And he did. And most and, of it was with the casting. It's always going to be with the casting. We'll get to that later. But I think that he has that like Joe Dante-esque... Mm-hmm. The director of Gremlins' sense of mm-hmm. uh, comedy of like bombasticness of like, especially in the first ten minutes, I'm gonna keep this moving. I'm gonna keep this rotating, and so when the plot hits in, no one's gonna be bored. Yeah, I can I can chill a little, and it's interesting. He has said uh, he doesn't want. I think like he doesn't say fuck Kevin Smith, but he basically says any director who just says the camera should be unnoticed is dumb. I am here. I am doing things. Fuck you. I'm going to let you know I'm here and doing things. I'm going to move this camera around all over the place. And you can, part of me at first is like, what an egoist. And then you're like, I don't know. Hell yeah, man. Like, and that's why the, what I think of Barry Sonnenfeld is the intro to men in black all the time. Yeah. And so like flying. Yeah. And the bug flying and he does do it and it creates, it helps create this weird zippity doodah, not zippity doodah, but like zip, Zippy vibe. doodah. <laughs> I, I think that the, the, the thing POV camera that we get a lot is mm-hmm. very important for both the comedy and the horror aspect of this movie. You yes. know, like it keeps it going and it also keeps it like 
What up, what up, what the entire time. Right. Um, and then, yeah, like there's a lot of stuff like that where uh, he is moving his camera so much. A lot of it seems desperate, but it's a it's a <laughs> it's a likable desperate instead of a. Oh, I see. I see you, Barry. I see that you're not right. ready for this role. And desperate. I, I would almost argue that because the frenetic pace of the movie, that it is kind of both ways. It's the camera is moving a lot, but it almost does not call attention to the camera, but feel like in keeping with the energy of the movie. Is that crazy to say that? Like, yeah, it's doing a lot, certainly, but like everybody's doing a lot. People are like jumping up right. on tables and dancing, but, and, like. <laughs> It's sort of doing a lot in the same way that Gomez is. Like, yes. I think Gomez is the heart of this movie is like always moving so that you don't see that he has no idea how to handle money. He yes. probably uh. he probably can't handle this, uh, uh, like this wedding or this marriage with Morticia. But who could? He might you know? be addicted to sex. He might be addicted to sex. Uh, who he's isn't? A, he's addicted to Gilligan. At one point, he, <laughs> yeah. I can't go. Gilligan's on. At one point, they're like, hey. <laughs> Hey Gomez, we should leave now. And he screams at them. And Miss Gilligan, <laughs> you fools! It's it's such a bummer that he died like in '94. Yeah, like I I I want to go. The only things I've seen is it Raul Julia. Uh-huh. The only things I've seen him in that I know of Fighter. are. Or th- no, I, I I didn't even know that oh, he definitely dude. has a Street Fighter face. You but... should see his M Bison. He it's is really really phenomenal. Good. Yes. Uh, but yeah, the, like. I think that's and uh, I think that you can really feel it with the editing, especially in the mm. first ten minutes, which we keep talking about, where the editing does not gel, and it's because no camera stopped long enough or hard enough to make clear edits. <laughs> it's <laughs> it's baffling. Like it, like watching the first ten minutes of this movie is worse than going on a like a three D ride at Universal Studios. Did he like, make it sequentially, and so he learned how to direct? Yeah, like? That's yeah. honestly what. It, or like if you watch Adam's Family Values, like you can see how you went. From from student short film right. to an actual movie, but I do. If you look at his like career pre this, it makes sense that so yeah, he was the cinematographer for the Coens, and but also for Penny Marshall. So he did big like the, there's a lot ah. of like he and that's where you're like I'd say Coens leans horror, and then Penny Marshall leans that family fun. Just like it's not just the. Uh, set dressings and the music but it is how he moves his camera blends these styles and i read a quote from him that said this is about the second one again but uh i threw a baby off the roof and i didn't get any flack from the studio (laughs) and that's that's why you make an adams family movie right like i'm trying to i'm sending the same messages that like a casper would have but i get to do this stuff this movie ends with them wallowing in the graves of their ancestors and fessing the screaming dig Dig. Yeah. <laughs> oh, God. Dig so hard. I feel like right at the end, in case you didn't get that, like, the movie was really embracing the darkness of this family. They're like, no, show them standing in the graves holding the bones of their relatives. <laughs> By the way, guys, I, I, I think I've said this before because I think this is his third movie that we've done for movie of the year. But do you understand how confusing it was for me as a kid to, like, to realize that Christopher Lloyd was not one of the single biggest stars of all time? It's still baffling. Uh, honestly, having watched this movie, I still don't get it. Like, we did Back to the Future and Who Framed Roger Rabbit on this show. <laughs> yeah. Now we're doing Adam's Family. But to speak nothing of Angels in the Outfield, as far as I knew as a child, he was George Clooney, Brad Pitt <laughs> level. <laughs> he was the biggest blockbuster They should maker. make a movie called Ocean's Lloyd. <laughs> <laughs> One Lloyd, that's all you need. Lloyd of the Flies. <laughs> um... 
did you feel like the energy in this family was at all too much? Like we we celebrated the sexual dynamism of the spouses here, and I. But is there any other sort of like sexual energy that I don't know? Mm, oh, well, do, do you mean that Morticia <laughs> fucked faster? Or just that they all fuck each other? Is this like, is this the porn hubbening of my like <laughs> mind might, or something? The, the, the porn, porn hubbening, <laughs> right? It it is like when she checks on Fester and he's like, "Oh no, she knows." Her vibe is not, "Oh, I know." It's like something could happen at him. Yeah, in the yeah, um, dude. That is just how Morticia talks to everybody. Well, that, that's also how we look at Morticia. I mean, yeah. Every time Morticia talks to anybody, we're like, "Damn, girl, get oh, it." Yeah. Yeah, dude, she's steaming up the camera every time. But like, the, maybe it's something about how horny the parents are in proximity to the children, uh-huh. and how fixated on each other the children are. But like, after a while, I felt like there needs to be better boundaries about when this family's being sexy I, and when well, they're being I, like. Family. I think that I'm always going to say that the Adams family needs better boundaries. Yeah. Yes, <laughs> that's fair. I, I think they are a great married co- example of marriage. They are not a great example of parents. Yes. Yeah, I think that they leave a lot of parenting to be desired. Although honestly. they do want that uh, second kid. Do you remember? Do you guys remember what his name is? Pugsley. No, no, because he's third kid. I'm sorry, the oh, third Hubert? kid. Hubert. Hubert. They named their third kid Pubert. Do they but. show this kid in the second movie? Oh, and he has a yeah. full-on mustache, which oh, again, yeah, he's an adorable little now. mustache. Yeah. Oh, Backs God. up the fact. That... I was imagining like an eraser head kid, to be honest. No, no, no. He's yeah. an adorable baby. And then you, that when what? Fester leaves with Debbie, <laughs> uh, when Fester leaves with Debbie, the, the the family knows something wrong because he turns into an adorable cherubic, golden curly haired baby, like ah. normal kid. <laughs> Speed round. You know what that means because it, it literally says what it is. Is it speed round? The, it's speed round, right? Yeah, good. Uh, did the kid who played Pugsley get hosed by having to go toe to toe with a young Christina Ricci? Oh yeah. Yep. I think, <laughs> I think he's dead now. Oh, is that because true? of his lack of talent? Right. But but what? not. I think the I think the OG Pugsley is dead from the show. Is this Pugsley also dead? I is think it the Pugsley P- curse? All Pugsleys are dead. All Pugsleys are in the future. All Pugsleys go to heaven. A P A D. I have to say, you know what? I feel like when you are a, as an actor adjacent to such a good performance, you can either try to match that performance, or, or you can try to make room. You, we should call this Pugsing out. Like he pugs out, and he, it was perfect. I think a very, he, yeah, he's a good sketch player. Yeah, right? he, like, yeah, he provided a lot of room for her. He didn't try to, and honestly, I, I think he did a pretty good job, but. Having said that, I mean, like he, her performance is among the best in the film. When he yeah. was sitting in that chair and the camera swung right to her face, it, well, Pugsley asked, what is the name of this game? Yes. The camera swung to her face and she said, is there a God? He knew to get out of the way of that camera yeah, so yeah. she could say that. And I do think in it would go into the, the sequel, which hopefully we'll have the pleasure of doing someday, like he, he gets better. He's not Christina Ritchie better, but like he's definitely I don't, like... I don't think he's bad. Uh, I yeah. watched an original episode of the show oh no yeah. oh yeah and this pu- the the original pugsley is different uh <laughs> it's closer to frankenstein's monster than this one is and just so like you know how like sometimes you get so chubby that like your face can't move yes yeah mm-hmm. i had that we've all been when there. i was a kid dude i could oh, man i look back and picture how chubby i was i don't know how people weren't just constantly coming up to him and pinching my cheeks yeah it's like somebody put like a just inflated your face until it was about to explode. <laughs> that's I, how 
when I was a kid, I thought people should take me seriously. But now I look back at pictures of me as a kid, and I'm like, you can't. No, of course, you can't. I was in those how, little how black short shorts, a striped shirt. Why would anybody take me seriously? What? All I had was a giant lolly the entire time. <laughs> Uh, would these people be insufferable to hang out with? We've been celebrating them a lot, but uh, like, if you had to know them and, and live next door to them, would they be insufferable? I think yeah. that I would love Wednesday's company. I think that I, I would love to babysit her. I think that would be awesome and hilarious. That sounds dangerous uh-huh. as shit. Yeah, it does You're very brave, though. But I get it. But I also, like, Morticia, I, the whole family is annoying together, but like, if you're on a double date with Morticia and Gomez, it's probably a fun oh time. You don't God. get to talk a lot. A and the whole date. time you're like, are we all going to fuck? Also, yeah, I wouldn't be able to handle how gorgeously lit Morticia was the entire time. <laughs> yeah, I would want some of that lighting. <laughs> I like. I, I would like jump in front of her face to get some of that lighting, so I would not be able to handle that. She has some sort of magical mirror that shines just wow. the right amount of light on her eyes. Uh, is Dan Hedaya cursed to always play a lawyer? Dude, yeah, did he not look like <laughs> Paul F. Tompkins Sr.? <laughs> with his hair and with the way he talked, he was that he was Paul Tompkins' dad the entire time. <laughs> is he still around? Could we make that happen oh, for something? He is long dead. Oh, bummer. I, but yeah, I just wanted him to yell at Cher the whole movie. Yeah. Could we? Po- we could learn the mamushka, right? Uh, yeah. Who's getting married next? Oh, are we out of uh, Unnatural twenties? Oh, is that Caitlin from Unnatural twenties? Yeah. Mike. Oh, yeah. The three of us should learn the mamushka. Yes, we should. We should Even the adorable little, the little cute love knife taps on each other's face. <laughs> yeah, in the Such gentle knife taps. And who they do it for? They're like, we did it for Rasputin. Yeah. We did it for Nero. We did. We danced the mamushka while Nero's fiddling. We danced the. Yeah, they they go on this long line. And he's like, and now for you, it actually feels like just because a guy showed back up, it's not as big of a deal <laughs> as all the other things. When we come back. It's award season. You know what that means. It's time for five awards. The first award is best pound for pound performance. Oh, I first I should say, um, apparently, for some reason, this didn't win any Academy Awards. So I know the real Adams would probably murder some people for that one, but like in kind of like a fun off camera way. Best pound for pound performance, Mike. What do you think? Who is it? Who I, I think it's. This is the hardest one. It is difficult. This, this was is not the easy. hardest award. This is like the hardest part of the entire show so far because there's about eight people going for the going for the reward. But who did you say it was, Mike? Angelica, for how not scenery she chews, but still steals focus for for how you can be quiet and own every scene like that and just like the way she had to move and if you read she had to move that way because she would burst every piece of tape holding her face and yeah. clothes together but in a literal metal like container her yeah. torso was in and her eyes were taped in a weird uncomfortable way like okay but, yeah because she does have like a weird like yeah yeah expression a lot of times yeah, so she yeah she said so she had to like Batman turn her whole body, but the <laughs> grandma, I guess, was also in pain the whole time, and Houston said only got through it because she was just high throughout the whole film because she was so covered in latex and shit. That's how she got through the shooting. You know what? That's, drugs, guys. Sometimes drugs. that's what it takes to get through. Get Ryan, some drugs. what do you think for best pound for pound? Uh, Angelica is a perfect answer. I think there's only two others, and <laughs> because we already talked about Christina, I think I'm going to go with Raul. I yeah. I don't know if anybody has ever had more fun. Been like, <laughs> oh, I'm gonna put this fucking tone of this movie, not the script, 
just the tone of this movie on my back and just be have an absolute blast as Raul Julia. And he said as he died, because he died way too young, way too early, mm-hmm. probably because uh, he was in Bison. I think it was because of a Saget kick to the head. Uh, yeah. Unfortunate. Uh, Bob Saget's that, mean, man. But it was a Bob Saget. You, you don't want to be in the way of a Bob Saget kick. Uh, that this this was his... <laughs> This was his favorite role because kids would run up to him and say, Gomez, Gomez, please be Gomez. Uh, but yeah, like he 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 knows more about the energy of this movie than anybody else. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I, I think he is giving a lot and he's doing the same thing we were talking about earlier, which is he's creating space a lot of times. There's a part where uh, they're like, a dark spirit was following me. And he's like, Pugsley? <laughs> <laughs> and his, his delivery of that is so perfect. Yeah, I think... You know, I love Angelica Houston, but I, I do think right. that probably he steals the show. And uh, the real answer is Christina Ricci. And yeah. of course, the real answer is Christina Ricci. All right. How about director moment? We gave a, a little bit of guff to the director in this one. But Ryan, how about best director moment? I like Men in Black is the I think the Bible for this director. Yeah. So uh Looking to get shorty is a little hard, but for this one, I, I like besides the fact that did you guys notice that the opening credits were written in Men in Black font? Yeah, that fucked no, me up. No, <laughs> I didn't notice that. That was weird. Uh, but it's got to be that opening scene of we're tracking all the way through the carolers, up, up, mm. up. We hear the Adams family song, and they dump that thing. That's what he is into, and now you know we're in the movie. This is the kind of movie that we're doing because of this opening scene. Uh, Very good. I like that. What do you say, Mike? M- mine is another tracking because I do think Sunfeld's thing is tracking shots, but I-, I think his energy is a little more frenetic, and it has to be the thing FedEx commercial when they all have to get normal people jobs and the things running through that. And people are, he isn't there yet. They are diving in front of him and throwing papers at thing. Like, how, like, it's a cartoon and nothing matters. I just need more chaos to happen while moving through the office. That is such a good one. But the bringing up the men in black, <laughs> that opening sequence, uh, you could tell like when he told everybody about this movie, I bet he spent so much time specifically talking about this one opening shot yeah. he was going to do. And, and then, then I think it works. I think it's perfect. Oh, yeah, for sure. Like uh, you are 100% on board at the end of this shot. Like you yeah. understand what the what the the visual language is going to be. You understand what the tone is going to be. You and I read that he really wanted to stay away from the theme song. But uh-huh. the fact that the theme song hits right there yeah. is so good. All right. Ryan. Next is not our favorite category, but I think a lot of people on the show think that it is our favorite category. Cringe. We wish we could not do this award. Give yeah, us one dude. uncringed movie. That'd be amazing. And sometimes we get pretty close. Mike, did we do it this time? Is this a cringe-free experience? It, it was not easy to find a cringe, especially when you set up this kind of family. Like, they're supposed to be it. dark. Oh, we're good. Yeah. Uh, they, there's. I will give one line that even for the Adamses, this went too far. And it was... Uh, they're talking about Fester when he's finally starting to play with the kids. And Gomez says, and so good with children. And Morticia says, they never proved anything. Yeah. Uh, that's-, that's when I was like, oh, okay. Mike, there's a chance he was just killing those kids, though. Oh, okay. That's fine. Yeah. It I'm might, fine he with just, murdering kids. He might have just been murdering children. Ryan, what do you say? Uh, that's a good one, Mike. But I'm going to say the treatment of... Uh, twins who are attached by the body seemed like they Flora are and fauna. Yeah, Flora and fauna. The way that the movie treated them is like they're amongst the freakiest yeah. freaks 
that we have ever seen in our entire life. Look at all these terrible people. Also, this real life condition. Also, <laughs> freaky as shit. Yeah. Let's make some jokes. That's good. The reason that that's going to win is because I'm sure Why? there's people who are conjoined who are watching this movie and they're like, I'm just going to pop in the Adams family, have a little fun. It's like, now we're making fun of you. Oh, okay. <laughs> that's rough for me. That hurts my feels. All right, so now we're going to get to the Adams Family specific awards. This first one is who should get a spinoff? Ryan, who in this movie is deserving of their very own spinoff? Greg, it has to be Barry Sonnenfeld. He's on a train going to where? What does he think about his life right now? Some giant, a giant, put his eye, much like the T Rex put their eye directly into the uh, the Jurassic Park window of the Jurassic Park car and said, "Hey, what's up?" And this guy must be like, "Oh my goodness, this is crazy to me." And then this guy continues on the train to go to work, but then get in a car crash. And did Samuel L. Jackson stage that car crash to find out who is the biggest superhero amongst all of the tiny people that live in Gomez Adams' world? Greg, it's Barry Sonnenfeld. Do you remember the part in uh, From Hell, the comic book, where the guy actually does manage to go like see forward into the future, and what he sees is a dude just ironing his shirt? Yeah. That's what this dude reminds me <laughs> oh, of. Oh, cool power. He, he's like wrapped up in something supernatural that he doesn't understand, and he's reading his newspaper. Yeah, he's like, what? Mike, what do you say? Who deserves a spinoff? I'm, because it's this family, and I want to figure out what their deal is, uh, Lurch. I'm going to give this to Lurch. Why does he serve them? Is he undead? Is he connected to the family? They're just like, you're tall and gray. Come hang out with us. We won't make fun of you. Is he a Frankenstein? He kind of looks like maybe he's a Frankenstein. But a little zombie-esque. Yeah, yeah but- there's a great shot where he's in front of a tombstone billboard. And I was like, all right, Barry. All right. Yeah, there we go. I, You know what? I almost said that I wanted a lurch and shopping spree. But then I was like, don't yeah, try to buy. Don't buy people. Don't try to buy yeah, people. Yeah, that's why I didn't have a uh, thing. But like he he's a meat monster is he stitched together? I mean I do I would like to get a, a little bit monster. more. I would like to get a little bit more on the behind the scenes thing. Okay, it is a movie. It's basically a cartoon, right? It, I was a little bit surprised they didn't do that thing that a lot of late 80s early 90s movies did, which is the opening sequence is a cartoon. Mm-hmm, they right. opted not to do that maybe because it would like tonally But you have to admit that every time they threw something it went off screen and glass broke. Yeah, yeah. for sure. But what you have is to the, admit what is the best visual gag, Mike? I think we've talked about it throughout. There's there's so many, but we've talked about it throughout for a reason. It It is no way. It is not Gomez Adams playing with his train, and then there's <laughs> a little man inside of that train. That is fucking wild. And how terrified everybody in the family is yeah. that dad's playing with his that's train. That's even more unhinged than usual. <laughs> Ryan, what do you say? I think that's crazy, Mike, that you would think that that's the obvious pick. But the obvious pick... The funniest part, the most iconic part of the movie is Little Pugsley and Little Wednesday going on stage and cutting off each other's <laughs> limbs to the point where everyone in the audience is at a goddamn Gallagher yeah, show. Seriously. They're just black knighting from Monty Python on each other. And there are shots in this movie. This is where Barry Sonnenfeld knows what he's doing. There are shots in this movie where he, he shows people covered in blood. Getting covered in more blood. <laughs> like he cuts away. Yeah, they're and already then, sprayed in the face with yeah, blood. And then and you then see it spray. <laughs> more gets in their mouth and they spit it out. Very Ryan. good. That point is going to go to Ryan. So our awards again. What was pound for pound performance, Ryan? Pound for pound was Raw Julia. Director? Uh, the oil tracking shot. 
cringy moment was, of course, uh, the conjoined uh, twins. Conjoined twins spinoff recipient. That's Lurch. And visual gag was the bloody play. The bloody play. <laughs> when we come back, we're going to wrap up this episode. I'm going to tell you who won, and we're going to think we're going to ask ourselves: Can Adam's family maybe win this whole thing? Well, here we are at the end of the show. Time to wrap up our statements about Adam's family. First, I want to say who won. Gentlemen, you both did a great job. I'm still getting back in the swing of scoring. Low scoring affair, but I think it's because I was so wrapped up in what you were saying. It's, it's just I thought it was a high scoring affair. Well, Mike scored a high 28 points. Oh, okay. But Ryan scored an even higher 32 Oh, shit. That's not points. even close, bitch. That's pretty that, close. You're a bitch. That's... <laughs> Ouch. That is a drubbing. Uh, you're not a bitch, Mike. Thank you. Well, I think but, it's fine to be a bitch, but ra- uh, well, I don't yeah, know we, if I am one. We know that Ryan has won. We know that Ryan is my best friend for this week. What we yeah. don't know is how is Adam's family going to do? It's hard to tell because it's just the first movie we see from this It's season. the first movie. But do we think it has what it takes to take this whole thing down? Here's what I think. Uh, we're going to do some bonus shows. Nashville style, yeah, and we're gonna be like, "Fuck, yeah." Adam's family, we put Adam's family in the bracket. Well, you know, here's the thing though, <laughs> it just lined up this way. Like, you, yeah. there are matchups where you know you have sixty. Sometimes you don't know. Yeah, you have sixty-four, and then it's like you go all the way through, and it's not that we were ever blown away. And by This Adam's was a top family. eight seed. Yeah, and it just we, was. What what kind of lack of integrity would we have where at the last minute we're like, I guess JFK is in, even though it never went up against Adam's family. I guess nothing yeah, right? means anything. If we do it if we do it as a bracket, then we have to like accept that good and bad. And so I think in a way there were much also, better movies that didn't make the bracket. But fuck Oliver Stone. Adam's family is a better movie than JFK. Let's move uh, on. Okay, I'm not gonna go that far, but I do like this movie. I, I did do, like it too. I, yeah. I do think that this is a fun, it's, awesome it's movie. Pure vibes. I think it, this is a movie you could throw on in any situation and you don't have to pay attention. I think it's better I think it is a better movie than Rocky Horror Picture Show. Is it better than sorry, go ahead. And I think it's a better movie than Death Race two thousand. Like I'm thinking, like yeah. uh, of the other kind of campy, zany movies mm. we've seen, I think it's it's among the best. Here's the real competition: Is it better than Men in Black? I think it oh. is. I think this is better than Men in Black. I think this has better performances than Men let's, in Black, and is more fun. Let's do a Sonnenfeld bracket someday. Just I for mean, kids. Barry, you got to you got to admit that Sonnenfeld knows where the charisma is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and Will Smith, Tommy Lee Jones, Raul Julia, Angelica Houston. Yeah, like that's. It's pretty good. That's He's a double date I want to be the fly on the wall of. But the sense I'm getting is that we liked it. We liked talking about it. We'll, it's so fun. We'll want to watch it again. But it's just yeah. it's dead in the water, right? It's a toast. Like, because <laughs> this isn't Terminator 2, which is, it's going to be like... Is Terminator 2 in this season? Terminator 2 is in the uh, season. Why are we doing a season? Terminator be 2 very, wins. Because that, that's also a popcorn flick, but I think it's giving it's giving way more than Adam's Family. And I, I, I'm very excited to watch it and be like, even though there's time travel and robots and... and convoluted things is it still easier to follow than the adams family hijinks i bet it is <laughs> but i i really i'm so glad we watched it and i i would say people's memories of adams family it's it's better than than just a movie that you enjoyed as a kid i think it really is very funny and very effective and better ultimately it's better than the beverly hillbillies movie yes yes that's what we if, came here to say if you take nothing else from this episode it is better than the beverly <laughs> Hillbillies movie. 
Well, that is everything we have to say about Adam's family. The 91 season has begun in earnest. Uh, <laughs> if, you, if you see what I'm doing there. We still have movies like Terminator 2 coming up. We have T2 Judgment Day. <laughs> we have the sequel to Terminator. We have a little Arnold Schwarzenegger vehicle that I think you're going to like quite a bit. All that and more on this season of Movie of the Year. Keep watching those movies. watching those movies.